NBA in Utah. For the next two hours, it's nothing but NBA conversation from the local front to around the association. Now let's get things rolling with Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. All right, welcome everybody into the Salt City Hoops show on ESPN 700. I'm your host, Andy Larson, joined by Zach Harper, as always, the co-host of the show. We are, or I guess, I'm the managing editor of SaltCityHoops.com. Zach is a national NBA writer for CBSSports.com. We cover the Utah Jazz and the NBA every day. Um, it's a cool job. I like it a lot. Hopefully, uh, you have any complaints? No, I really, I really enjoy my job, and I... I really don't have skills to do anything else, so it's all I got. <laughs> so, it, I mean, that it's, it's a good life is what we're saying. And it's especially a good life around this time of year when it's the NBA trade deadline tomorrow. Uh, T minus, what is it? Let me do some quick math here. 19 hours, 20 hours, something like that. Sounds right, yeah. Uh, and before you know, all these deals go down. Let's see. So let's it's, not do the math. Right. <laughs> I think it's 18 hours. I'm gonna, um, that's my final answer. Cause it, well, is it 3 p.m. Mountain or 3 p.m.? Or, I think it's Eastern. three Eastern. Okay. Yeah. So then, yeah, eighteen hours. Yeah. Um, I should know this more than I do. <laughs> right. Regardless, <laughs> you've been in this time zone for a while now. <laughs> yeah, but it's only once a year, you know. Uh, anyway, so we're going to be talking about all the different trade rumors going on around the the league, and especially the Utah Jazz. Uh, the big one, actually, in both categories right now, is this Ty Lawson to Utah deal, which. Yeah. Uh, we're going to get into. We mentioned it last week on the show as as an actual possibility for the Jazz. Uh, talked about it a little bit then, but it kind of seems like it's at least the front runner in terms of the conversation or, uh, around the league, or at least publicly sure. a- about the Jazz. So we'll get into that. As always, we want your feedback and, and your comments on and on any of these trade ideas, or if you've got a trade idea of your own, or if you think we're smart or stupid, please let us know. Uh, Especially the stupid part. <laughs> uh, really, the smart part too. I would say. If you have any ideas for trades, tweet us the trades, because if we're going to get into them, today's the day. Yeah, definitely. Because trades don't make any sense next week. No, <laughs> the crazy trade idea of the week ends right. this week. Uh, so I'm trying to find the time of the 3 p.m. Eastern time, yes, okay. on tomorrow. So 1 p.m., 18 hours, as you said. You, yeah. were, you were correct. Uh so we're going to be talking about the Ty Lawson thing, Trey Burke, uh, a couple other different ideas. We're hopefully going to have a Houston blogger on at some point to talk about the sure. deal. Uh, because this literally just broke in the last hour, we're trying to get that confirmed and, and everything right there. So uh, hold on, I guess, as we try to figure that out and we when that or, happens. We may or may not talk to somebody. We may or may not talk to somebody. We will definitely be talking about some of the other rumors around the league. Sure. Um, flying about Al Horford, Ryan Anderson, Pau Gasol, Greg Monroe, uh, Channing Fry, Dwight Howard, uh, not to bury the lead there by putting Dwight Howard last. We're going to be talking about that all-star uh, dunk contest on Saturday yes. night, which was mind-blowing. Oh, so I think good. the best dunk contest competition of all time. I think you can make a case that Vince Carter's 2000 performance was better. Sure. But in terms of a, a competition between two guys, I'm not sure it can be beat. Uh, but we'll talk about that more later. And uh, yeah, so anyway, tweet us at Andy B. Larson or at, at Talk Hoops, or you can always call us 877-353-0700. I think that this Ty Lawson thing's very interesting because it seems like a, it's, from a talent standpoint, it seems like a no-brainer, right? Right. Like you just say, oh, Ty Lawson, he was almost an all-star a couple of years in Denver. He's better than Trey Burke. He's better than Helen Neto. Um, he's better than a Dante Exum who is on the sidelines because he can't play. 
You know, like he's better than all of those guys. So, all right, you upgrade the talent. The problem with that is I don't like the fit. And Explain. One, he's very small. And okay. I've been known to be biased against short point guards. But I think there's a thing there. Like he's short with a short wingspan. Mm-hmm. So he's not very good defensively. He dies on screens. Um, he's not a good help defender. Like I just think there are real problems on that end of the floor. And you can say, hey, we've got Rudy Gobert. We've got Derek Favors. We can make up for that. I don't disagree with that. I also think, though, that from an offensive standpoint, I don't like the fit there either because unless you're using him in kind of a staggered primary role with like more second-unit guys, you're taking the ball out of Rodney Hood's hands, taking the ball out of Gordon Hayward's hands, and I just think that I, he struggled so much. And granted, it's Houston. Houston's a mess, and James Harden is so ball-dominant in a way Hood and Hayward aren't. Right. But he has struggled so much off the ball, I just don't like the fit in, in terms of like when you factor in all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting because you, you look at his uh, adjusted plus minus, for example, or his real plus minus on EPM, uh, on ESPN, excuse me, and he's near the bottom of the league in terms of defense, defensive right. RPM. It's 69th. Uh, Trey Burke is 79th, for what it's worth. So, it, yeah. you know, I, I think it's fair to say that they're in the same kind of realm defensively. Right. But then you look at kind of the offensive fit, and that's where it can go either way in my mind. You know, if he sure. plays like the 2013, 2014, even last year's Ty Lawson for Denver wasn't, wasn't bad. He's yeah. still like an 18, 19 PER kind of guy. Uh He'd be obviously a big improvement over the, the what the Jazz had, but if he plays like he has for the first part of this season in a Houston uniform, then it's then it's ugly, and it's not clear that he's an upgrade over Trey Burke or even Howell Neto in, right. in a lot of ways on the offensive end. Yeah, and I think too with that, you know, you're looking at someone who it's easy to say like, well, he's playing for his next contract because his, his deal's not guaranteed for next season, and so he's going to have to come in and play well in order to go get that money. Well, we said the same thing about Rajon Rondo last year in Dallas. That doesn't right. mean it. That doesn't mean it's doomed to work out because Rondo was a disaster. I just think you look at these guys who have certain issues that maybe don't fit into the team dynamic that you want anyway, and then when you factor in the play, I just I don't like it's such a low risk move that I don't think it's bad. I just look at this team and I say their only problem this year has been health. It hasn't been point guard, mm-hmm. and you I, could, you, I just think that with the way they run their offense, I don't think a. a high usage point guard is all that necessary. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I don't think it's all that necessary. I, I do think that you get a little bit by adding something to the point guard position. I, I, I you know, I don't think it's been the issue. Right. Um, I mean, maybe you know, it would have helped when they were going through their problems with the injuries, right? Right. Uh, yeah, you know, having the ball on somebody's shoulders besides Gordon Hayward and Rodney Hood would have helped then. But now that you've got Derek Favors and Rudy Gobert back, you, you probably need that less. Right. Uh, on the other hand, if you're going to trade Trey Burke out, which is something that seems more likely, uh, either as part of this deal or as another one, then obviously you need some sort of point guard sure. coming back. Yeah, and and you know maybe Ty Lawson is the cheapest, best option there. He might be, and I mean the reason this got out is maybe that maybe Houston's kind of you know I told you like s- sending out the signal flare of like hey by the way we might trade Ty Lawson tomorrow if anybody wants in on this <laughs> this is the ax- the asking price that we all have so it's not going to take that much. Like, come get involved. Right. And I, and I talked to someone uh, actually about half an hour, maybe 45 minutes ago, about this Ty Lawson thing as it was breaking. Uh, it, it, a source within the jazz. And they said, you know, I, I think you have to consider the source of where this, this idea is coming from. You know, it's, it's coming from Mark Stein. who's probably getting it from a, a Houston source rather right. than the jazz. We're, you know, pretty well known not to leak these sort of ideas. Uh, that being said, 
and you can see why it would make sense from a Houston perspective. I also think maybe it helps the Jazz perspective a little bit to say, look, we can go out and get Ty Lawson. Maybe that uh, makes it so teams think they may have to budge a little bit on like sure. a George Hill or a, a Jeff Teague or even a, another kind of backup caliber point guard if if that's what they're looking for. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think there's you know there are a lot of layers to this stuff getting out and especially getting out at this time because everything. Uh, I can't remember which GM, but there's someone, GM, well, maybe all the GMs say this, where they say, like, basically, everything until 48 hours before the deadline is an absolute lie. Right. And that's when, those 48 hours are when you get into, like, the real trade talks. Right. Just want to read some tweets that are coming in from you guys right now. Um, at Parker, or I guess Parker Martin, at PMarty9, any chance Jazz could snag DeLon Wright from Toronto? Uh I would be surprised if the Jazz wanted to pay for a another young point guard who, right. quite frankly, hasn't played this season. Right, yeah. I mean, he's he's a nice prospect, but he doesn't help the team right now. Right. And I think, I mean, the Raptors like him a lot. Mm. They also like using him, you know, shuttling back and forth in the D-League. Like, I think they're they're interested in developing him for maybe a couple of years down the road. I don't really see, like, if you're, if the idea is like, oh, Trey Burke and somebody for DeLon Wright, like, that. I don't see how that benefits the Raptors in any way. Yeah, I I agree. You know, they they already they've already got the point guard depth. So right, yeah, they're fine there. Uh, you know, maybe I I can't think of any trade package that would help the Raptors now, which right. is probably what they want. Unless and they think still, Demar Carroll's not going to come back from his injury all that well, then they want a wing. But even then, it starts. Then getting, you're going to give him Joe Ingles, like, right? Yeah, it doesn't really add up. They don't. I don't know that they care about it. Yeah, right. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like Joe Ingles in a second probably doesn't get it done. Joe Ingles in a first is probably too much. Yeah, uh, that's that's too much for Dylan Wright. So, yeah. anyway, I don't know that there's a fit there. Uh, other tweets uh, from James Hansen at Hansen James. Won't we want to trade Trey for Lawson to the Rockets so Trey's defense can finally benefit us? Oh, no. That's that's rude. It's rude. But uh, also, Trey's Ty defense <laughs> maybe isn't that much worse. Right. Trey and Ty Lawson's defense, I, I think, are pretty comparable. Even even when Ty Lawson's playing well, right. he's he does get steals, I think, more than Trey Burke does. Sure, yeah. Uh, but overall, he, I think he probably contests shots a little bit less than Trey Burke does. So I, I think it's about a push. Yeah, and I think a lot of this stuff is important, too. When you look at talent, you say, oh, well, it's a talent upgrade. you got to do it. It's just the fit doesn't always work. And so just because he's more talented doesn't mean it's a good idea. Right. At Denny B. Karchner says, Dennis at point guard has been a huge problem. I agree. Uh, again, at James Hansen, it seems like the Jazz have a healthy culture. Is that something that could help get the most out of Lawson? That's an interesting point to me. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, I, the, that's an organizational thing, obviously, because they don't have a lot of veterans. Right. right? And, and maybe the move is that you're moving Burke and Trevor Booker. And so then you're losing one of your more veteran guys in Trevor Booker, if that's the case. If it's mm-hmm. just Burke and you know Tibor Pleiss to make the contracts match up, then uh, that's not really such an issue. But I don't know that they have the player culture that Ty Lawson's going to buy into in terms of like a healthy team culture. I think that would have to be more on the assistants, development guys, you know, front office Quinn. Like that, and that doesn't mean that it's not possible. I just think it's it's a little different than just saying, oh, this guy has problems. Let's get him on this team because you know, we have a good, healthy team culture. Yeah, I would say that, you know, for example, Houston having John Lucas, not John Lucas the third, but John right. Lucas Jr., or I guess the yeah. John Lucas the third's dad. Coach Lucas. Coach Lucas, who is in, in charge of uh, kind of working with Ty Lawson and, and working through his, his rehab and that sort yeah. of things, and has, has mentored a lot of players in this sort of thing. To me, 
kind of gives Houston actually the leg up over what the Jazz have in terms right. of having a specific person kind of assigned not to babysit but to mentor Ty Lawson. Right. And I don't know that the Jazz have someone like that. And it, and it, you just have to think, like, if this is a rental, which I think we assume it would be, right, they're probably yeah. not going to pay him $13 million next year. Yeah, I mean, especially what you say is guaranteed date is, is right before the It's either the, the day, after, day after the finals or day after the draft, whichever one is later is what – it says on, okay. on the, the language of it. Um, so I think you, you look at that as, you know, for a rental, how much can you help him with a team culture? You know, like it's not like day one training camp. Uh, okay, playing devil's advocate, yeah. how much can he possibly hurt the team culture? Well, right. Can, yeah, how I much damage can he do in three months? No, I don't think he can do any damage in terms of like poisoning. The, I don't think he's the type of guy who's going to poison the team culture. I don't think he's going to try to get everyone on the team to get DUIs or anything like that. Like, I don't think that's the case. Right. I just think that you kind of have to build up that camaraderie. You have to build up that chemistry, that continuity. Um, and I don't know that you have that time middle of the season to mm. just go and do that. It's not like It's not like you're in a... Uh, in a training camp with him for a month, and then you get him used to everything. Is there any scenario where he plays well enough over the next two to three months that he becomes an asset for the Jazz? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, he's that talented. He's, and I, you know, I don't, I don't like the fit of it, but I think in terms of talent, like he's capable of putting up eighteen and nine a night, right? Right. Like he did that or close to it in in Denver. If those weren't the exact numbers. Um, but he's getting you know top five assists in the league too, and I think that's something that right. people uh, underestimate about Ty Lawson's game. Yeah, no, very good pick and roll player, very good assists, very good in transition in terms of finding guys. Um, you know, I think I think all of those are are positives, and he could come in and just be Ty Lawson again and become an asset. And then you could I don't know you trade him in the off season or or whatever trade him draft night, but uh, I I just would lean more cautiously. Yeah, no, I, I think that's fair. I, I mean, I know the Jazz are doing their due diligence on this idea. Uh, it, it really, to me, depends if you think you're getting the Ty Lawson from last year to this year. Right. Let me ask you this. I mean, you've watched a lot of Houston. Unfortunately. Is, uh, do you think Lawson's problems this year, and he's been, he's been bad this year. I don't think there's any way to right. defend that. But uh, do you think they're physical problems? Do you think he's moving slower than he used to? Do you think, or is it a mental thing where he's not fitting in? He looks like he's checked out. Yeah, I mean, I think he looks like he's checked out. I also think that the offense doesn't really. There's no real organization with that offense. It's kind of right. just, hey, let's go out there and you know get to the basket, or get threes. That's it. Like that's it. Like <laughs> here's some pick and roll. But he's playing off ball, so he doesn't get to take advantage of those situations. Um, so I think that I think it's more of a lack of confidence. Than, a, than he's checked out mentally because I think that he just hasn't been able to build a rhythm with his game. Here's my other question. Uh, he had these comments about Utah. He really, really hates Utah. Right, yeah, he does. <laughs> there was Somebody on Reddit found it or something yeah, like that? Yeah, so Moni, who, Moni Log, uh, who runs the Jazz Fanatical WordPress blog, uh, honestly might be the best, and, and as I run Salt City Hoops, so this is hard for me to say, but... She might have the best blog in Jazzland because she uh, takes opponent game threads and, and recaps them. Then okay. she takes like these all of the press conferences and, and player interviews and that sort of thing, and actually transcribes all of them just as and puts them up as posts for that everyone like to read. A like a lot of work, right? And yeah. she's an international woman of mystery. And sure. uh, check out anyway jazzfanatical.wordpress.com. But anyway, she compiled these these quotes. Uh, in 2010, Ty Lawson posted a link to an audio snippet on his Twitter feed saying, "Quote unquote, Utah is dumb, boring, dumb, boring, dumb, boring." That's right. uh, okay. Via a Twitter Q and A in 2014, which team would you never play for? 
the Utah Jazz. Sure. <laughs> the city is too boring. And finally, Reddit Q&A session. My least favorite team to play on the road is the Utah Jazz because their fans are so reckless. reckless. That, one's, that one's different to me. That one's like, yeah. I don't want to play those guys when I'm on the road. But for you to say, I would never play for the Utah Jazz right. and Utah is dumb boring. Those are... Uh, I, it seems like you wouldn't want to acquire that guy who says those things about your city who doesn't want to be here. Well, here's the thing about that is that when the Sacramento Kings in 1998 acquired... Chris Webber, he said he wasn't going to come here. Like he said, he just flat out said he wasn't going to play for the Kings. And and be, like radio hosts killed him. Uh, you know the papers killed him and all that stuff. And then he came and he had a pretty sex, su- successful career and was fine. Right, like was right. fine with the city. Resigned to stay in the city. Like he was fine. And I'm has saying, you know spoke up for the Kings staying in Sacramento. Exactly. Or, and, and like that he sort became of part of the community. I'm not saying that's going to happen with Ty Lawson. I just think like. Yeah, there are some places where players do not want to play there ever. But if they get traded there, they're not going to pout about it for the most part because they have money on the line. Right. And so I think like he would get over that. Like He'd probably find some continuity with living here for three or four months, and then he would be fine. Do you think the boringness of Utah is good for his uh, I, 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 no, addiction? No, I actually don't. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. Because I think that like, leaves you up to your own devices, right? right. Like Maybe that's bad psychology, but I, I really feel like that would maybe be more likely for him to to just find something to do and in, in, in the past with that stuff, you know, maybe that's not the best decision for him. Yeah, this is weird, but it kinda depends if he was using alcohol to like party it up or as right. a time waster. Right. right? Like, and I there's think we like the assume... Midwest idea of yeah. time waster. Right. And then there's the, you know, go to the clubs and, and have a good time and, and Utah is probably one and not the other. Yeah, I think we always assume with that stuff that like, oh, these NBA players are just out partying all the time. Like, no, I think they spend a fair amount of time just in their homes. Right. And you can drink in your homes. I've seen it people do it. <laughs> Like that's a, that's a thing. You've you've put your eyes on that. I, I saw it. I saw it at least once. I can guarantee at least once I saw that. Couple other questions from Twitter. Well, okay, one comment that I'm reading only because it's nice. At Dogstatter one best show in the market. You guys do a great job. Hey, I disagree. I'm I'm going to agree with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm buying that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm selling that. I we're we're li- like the second or third best show. In I the haven't market. listened to a ton of radio here. Right, because you just moved here. Right, and I just... I'm, and you don't I'm, listen to sports radio. I don't, listen to sports, <laughs> I don't know the stations. I just listen to podcasts all day. That's what I do. Yeah. Um, I watch a lot of New Girl. But other than that, like I, I've heard our show, and I liked it. It's, it was good. It was the best show I heard. That's, so that's pretty go. great. Yeah. One from uh, Joseph Ostler, at JR Ostler. If, Joss, if Lawson can be cut after draft night, even if he doesn't pan out, isn't his salary a good trade asset on draft night? Did you say he could be... The, his contract guarantee date was before draft day, right? Is that what? Let you me s- see what this says. This says uh, salary non guaranteed until the day following the final game of the t- 2016 NBA Finals, or the day following the 2016 NBA draft, whichever is later. So most so likely presumably after. the draft. Okay, so right. you would have him for draft day yeah. if the team wanted him. Also, he could renegotiate in a sense of he could move his guarantee date back if the Jazz asked him to and he decides to say yes. Which he did for Houston. I'm not sure he's doing for Right, Utah. maybe he doesn't do them that for favor. Maybe the reasons we just exactly. specified. Right, yeah, but uh, but that is an option. Okay. 
No, and, and I think that's an important one. I, I, I agree. That's maybe something to consider if you think you're going to have him for the draft. Right. That could be something that you use to get some sort of pick. I mean, and if not, then if you, you kind of wait for it to use him at draft day, and if, if you know what is interested, then you cut him the next day is kind of the idea. Pick right? 42. You get to pick 42 in the draft, and then you just you say, all right, Ty, let's fill out this paperwork. <laughs> I don't think you wait till the next day because you may have a situation like Anthony Carter's agent where he forgets to file paperwork. Like maybe Dennis Lindsay's just tired after draft night. Forgets yeah, to file file the paperwork. Sleeps in. Sleeps in. Next thing you know, you're guaranteed Ty Lawson thirteen million. So just make sure. Just yeah. Like once you get around to like uh oh, who's the guy that took over for Silver in the second round? Uh Oh man. Why why can't we remember this? This yeah, deputy I'm, GM guy. I'm so I can at, remember I'm his so, face. I'm so bad at my job. Whoever that guy is, once he hits the podium, then you cut him. Yeah, uh, you, I would wait. And pi- I like waiting until pick forty-two or something. Exactly, pick forty-two. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Maybe we could do that. Uh, Mark Tatum. Tatum. I was going to say Tam, but I knew that wasn't right. Yeah, I was. Uh, it's, it's, no one's chanting his name like Adam Silver. Did. Right. Exactly. Like we got to get that kind of thing going. All right. Well, we have more trade deadline stuff to talk about, um, and hopefully pizza is coming soon because we haven't eaten yet sure. tonight. Uh, so we've got Trey Burke stuff. We requested him, or so I requested him at today's practice, and he didn't. He Jazz PR held him back, prevented him from talking to the media. So I want to talk about that and that scenario. I think that is potentially significant as to you know what whether or not Trey Burke is going to be traded. Uh, and we'll talk about some other trade possibilities for the Jazz next on the Salt City Hoop Show on ESPN 700. Talking hoops and the association. This is Salt City Hoops on ESPN 700. Welcome back into the Salt City Hoop Show, ESPN 700. Andy Larson, Zach Harper with you. A couple more tweets to read. Uh, okay, just one. I lied. At Denny Brad K, Denny B. Karchner, is moving Burke in addition, in addition by subtraction thing like Ennis Cantor? Well, thank you for asking the question because yeah. this is indeed what we wanted to talk about this segment. Good segue. Um, so, Trey Burke's been in the trade rumors for a while now. Uh, I, I don't think that that's... A surprise. Tony Jones of the Salt Lake Tribune reported it uh, officially kind of on Monday or Tuesday. But I think even before then, we knew that Trey Burke was in trade negotiations. Right. You know, it's it's just been clear. Clearly, his parents uh, want him out of Utah. It, complicating things is that his dad is also his agent. Sure. So that he clearly wants him out of Utah says maybe something more than a traditional angry parent would right uh and quite frankly his playing time has gone down a little bit as the season's been going on and, and i think quinn started being able to trust howell netto more in, in clutch situations right so seeing trey in these in these rumors is no surprise and so i actually requested to speak to him at, at practice today and the way that kind of works is uh you talk to jonathan reinhardt or the, any of the other pr jazz pr staff members and say hey i would like to speak with trey burke at practice today and according to the media rules they're supposed to allow him to talk at at a practice right uh and the jazz said and they jazz pr said quote unquote we'll see and I didn't especially take that as a good sign then because the correct answer is supposed to be sure. Right. But regardless. And then um, it was actually kind of funny. So we're standing out there kind of in the corner of ZBBC like we usually do for waiting to speak with the players as they finish their shooting routines at the end of practice. And uh, they distract us with the Howell Neto interview. They they distract us with the pretty Brazilian guy uh, on the backdrop, and then have Trey walk behind us as we're all faced on against one wall. Have Trey walk to the locker room. Oh, that's sneaky. And then when we asked about it, 
there's like, nope, Trey has already left. I'm like, well, I just saw him leave. Like, <laughs> you walked with him. There was no, yeah, regardless. It would have been great if they had done something like, hey, look over on that hoop over there. Dante Exum's going to dunk. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't see Dante. Trust me, he's coming out to dunk. That's basically minute. what they did. They brought the prettiest player on the team <laughs> to distract all of our cameras and our attention. And like, I, I was kind of like lined up next to Howell against the wall. Uh, so I could, I could see both of the things happen right. at once. You know, I was, I'm playing good. That's man a better defense, move by right. you. Yeah. Uh, and it was funny. I mean, I think they wanted to avoid something like what happened last year, where kind of the same thing happened. Dennis Cantor in these trade rumors. He actually requested a trade, so that made sense. And then, uh, so we requested him to speak to him about those rumors at, at the same kind of day before the deadline practice. Jazz said no, and actually, Ennis Cantor, as he walked off the floor, gave media a goodbye kiss. Oh, like just goodbye. We're never, we're never see you again, uh, and we're we're off. So that's a. I think they wanted to avoid one of those. Right. Um. To answer the question, like I don't think, I don't think this Trey Burke thing is nearly as severe as the Ennis Cantor thing. No, I. Right. I mean, there's clearly a difference between a player re- re- requesting a trade, right, to the media. You know, nothing to hide, and a player who's... Phased out? Is that a proper way? Phased out, yeah, yeah, and and his parents are unhappy. Clearly, there's a degree of separation there. Right. Uh, I I don't think Trey is particularly happy with his role, but he's been a lot more mature and professional about it than his parents have been, actually. Since my time here, talking to him whenever, you know, I haven't talked to him lately, uh, over the last, like, you know, week or two, but I would say that he's been as professional of a basketball player to talk to after before and after games and after practices or whatever, like, as most players I've come around. Like, I think he's been, like, yeah. he hasn't been a curmudgeon or anything. No, he's great. I, he's one of my favorite interviews on gives the team. You re- he gives, gives you, you real answers. Yeah, I think he goes deep into basketball X's and O's, yeah, which, which I really I, like. I appreciate that, yeah. Uh, I, think he's, I think he's professional. I think he's smart. I think he, he does a good job of, of kind of knowing uh, what the best answer is to a situation sometimes and, and is willing to give it. And I, I really like that about Trey. Yeah. Uh, I I don't think he's a problem. I I think he is professional. It's just I th- I think the writing's on the wall. I I wonder, and this is complete speculation, but I wonder if the Jazz look at what happened with Ennis last year and said, you know, I requesting a trade really hurt his trade value. Sure. And said, look, Trey slash Benji Burke, his his agent and father, if you guys stop saying things, then uh, we'll we'll move Trey. You know, we'll we'll yeah. make every effort to to make a move here. Make him happier and right. give him a chance to play somewhere else. But at least allow us to get decent value out of it. Right. Which I, I think is fair. For what it's worth, Benji did delete his tweets to me <laughs> where he called me an a hole and oh, all these okay. other things. Well that's um, progress. Did I ever tell you that story? No. Okay, I- that story is uh at the beginning of the season this year, the Jazz played the Pistons and uh he was matched up against Steve Blake, and there were two times where Steve Blake just blew by Trey Burke with with no screen, just which is bad. That's Steve Blake is thirty five, and it doesn't happen a lot. Was that didn't happen a lot? That didn't happen a lot when he was twenty five, right? Yeah. So that that was concerning to me, and I posted uh, those two videos on Twitter, and his dad called me an a hole. So sure, um, which I really wasn't trying to be. Though the the evidence was was clear, uh, you know, if you post a video of the thing, it's hard to stand beside behind it and say, "Man, I don't know." That's like you can't be that sensitive, right? Like, I get, like if you're just the father, all right, I yeah. Get it. Like Draymond Green's mom is all over Twitter talking to you know, I guess we I, I hate the word haters, but I'll say like talking to haters and all that yeah. stuff and you know trash talking them. 
But there's a difference, like, when you're also the agent. Right. That's where that gets complicated. You can't go just, like, calling names to the media no matter what the – like, I think you always have to be the professional there. Right. And, and yeah, I, I agreed. And I, I don't think what I did was, was unprofessional, right? You know, I, I posted a video. I, I mean, I'm, I'm biased here. I'm describing sure. my side of the story. <laughs> but I, I posted a video of him not doing the best on the defensive end. I don't think it's any uh, surprise that Trey Burke is not a, the league's best defensive player. Right, that's, and I don't think anyone expects him to be. That being said, so let's let's answer the the Twitter question now. Is getting rid of him addition by subtraction thing like Ennis Cantor was to the Jazz at the end of last season? I don't think so. I mean, maybe in the sense that like you can add a different player who maybe fills a better role for the team. Like if you can add the you know the the other wing that they feel they need or whatever. Right. Yeah. Then I guess technically it is, but. Like you're not subtracting a bad guy, you're not subtracting a, a head case, you know. You're not. Yeah. You're just subtracting a guy who's like maybe just a little too small for what you want to do on both ends of the floor, who's put in work to be better this year. I mean, that's my my concern with him. His first two years was just he just couldn't hit a shot. Yeah, like, he just exactly. shot really poorly, and then he's improved that this year. But it's, I think it, maybe the Jazz came to the realization like, all right, even with that improvement, it's not quite enough for what we want. Yeah, and I, I think that's a fair realization from both sides. I, you know, the difference between this and the Enes Kanter situation is that Enes Kanter was being backed up by Rudy Gobert, right? Like, who's right, the yeah. clear, like, plus player, yeah. gives you a completely different dimension on the defensive end, etc. And Trey Burke is being backed up by currently nobody on the roster. Like, if you trade him and get no point guard in return, right. you don't have anyone, and you probably give Eric Green a full uh, contract for the rest of the season. I mean, it's yeah, it's, I- it's up in the air. You, it's hard to argue that that's an addition by subtraction move. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's quite that. I think that's usually reserved for like guys who are team cancers and you know. <laughs> now is Ty Lawson one of those? That's a good question. Maybe. Or, I mean, maybe Houston's figuring that. You can you can make a case more to me that Ty Lawson's one of those guys rather than Trey Burke. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, another name that's been mentioned around the Jazz, uh, uh, you know, uh, as a point guard that they could acquire is is Drew Holiday. Every indication there says that the New Orleans Pelicans are not willing to trade him unless you give, like, Derek Favors up. You know, like, right. they're asking for huge amounts of return for him, which I see their point because he's a, he's a good 25-year-old point guard who's actually played well when he's been able to play this season, yeah. but he's also injury-prone, and I think teams around the league are, have thought that they're asking too much for Drew, and uh, yeah. the Jazz are one of those teams. And, the, and that's really what they should be asking up until the point where they need to make a deal, right? And that doesn't mean they end up making one. That just means that you, I don't know, the analogy I always like to go is like, you don't go buy a car and say, I'd like to give you as much as I can for this car every month. Like you right. want a better deal than than what maybe the the dealer wants for you. But if you, you know, if you're going to buy a Kia and the dealer starts at $90,000, sure, you probably go buy a Toyota. Unless you, really like those, unless you really like those Blake Griffin commercials. <laughs> I'm told LeBron drives a Kia. I'm, well, sure. I've seen that. <laughs> uh, I'm told that Blake Griffin actually made that peanut butter and jelly sandwich that is a perfect ratio of peanut butter and jelly in the commercial. Really? He so actually made it on set. Wow. Yeah. The actor who was in the car tweeted me and told me that, that he can testify that he actually made that sandwich. See, I, I mean, I only know that LeBron drives a Kia by what <laughs> LeBron James told me in his commercial, which may have sure. been a lie. But I'm sure he I, has a Kia. You have inside, in his you have inside Kia sources. I've, literally I've, inside the Kia. Literally inside the Kia and observers of sandwich making. You brought up this uh, Brandon Jennings idea with 
the Jazz and, and Orlando. I mean, the Magic just acquired Brandon Jennings sure. uh, in this trade yesterday. You ask, would it be worth seeing if, if the Jazz would, would acquire him at any way? If it's simply like a Trey Burke for Brandon Jennings, I think the money works out to where you can kind of just absorb his contract. Maybe you'd have to give um, like Chris Johnson or someone like that just to, like a, a low salary guy to make it work. But I, I do wonder, like, is that worth it? Because you're dealing with him coming back from an ACL injury, and there are certainly risks with that. I think he's played really well and really effectively hmm. considering what he's come back from. Now, that doesn't mean he's a good player still. Uh, but I do think that, I, I don't know, I like the way he maybe fits. He's a bigger guy. I think he gets around screens really well. Like, that's mostly my thing with point guards. Like, can you hit a shot, and can you get around a screen? Yeah, I, I think he can do that. I think conceptually he can hit a shot, though this season he's shooting 37% and 31% from three. Right. So that's not great. Uh, but in seasons before that, he's been a lot better. And, yeah, I, I think he gives you probably more defensively than, than Trey does at this point. Yeah. And you can make a case that that makes sense for the Magic as well because they get a long-term asset rather than just a short-term one in, in Jennings. Right, exactly. contract they, ends at the end of the yeah, year. Yeah, they still save salary, which has been kind of their, their MO this week. Right. And and with the with the Jennings acquisition here, you know, if he does turn out being a nice player, like he's an expiring contract and he's a nice rental to have and there's no worry about, you know, what do we do with him moving forward. Yeah, I you... See, and this is an interesting question with Lawson and Jennings and Drew and, and really any of the point guards, but do you want a guy who expires at the end of this year or at the end of next year so you have someone who can back up or play next to Dante Exum? Yeah, I mean, you probably want more flexibility with that, right? Like, that's why the Jeff Teague contract is so nice is because it's not that much and it's, and it's not that much for next season. And so you kind of have that flexibility. And, and then with that, it's, it becomes expiring that you can flip any time. Right. Instead of like the Lawson thing where you're going to have to cut him, most likely, right? Or you could not cut him, right? I mean, so the thing is the Jazz have so much cap space next year. Yeah. That, I mean, your, your teams are allegedly estimating a $92 million cap for right. so what the 2016-17 season. What does that the floor at, like 80? Right. And the Jazz have $57 million in contracts next season with 12 players under contract. Right. I, I mean, mean, but the the problem with that, like, you don't have to get to the floor. You just end up right. cutting a check to your yeah, players. Yeah, so it's but in terms of like if you're cutting a check anyway, you might as well pay a player sure. who can help you, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Uh and unless it's just a fiscal thing where you're like, well, we'd rather cut a check to our own guys and not have to pay this guy who maybe we don't like that much. Uh, is there any benefit to that? I like I th- It builds goodwill with the guys Derek on your Favors team. I don't is know. Like, Sweet. Here's a, here's a bonus. Yeah, here's a bonus. I don't know. Yeah, I mean it, it kind of does. Do we know how that's distributed, by the way? Is it is it distributed equally, or does everyone on, like... So if the Jazz had $20 million below the floor, do each of them get a $1.5 million check, or does, like, Gordon Hayward get, like, a $5 million check, and Howell Neto gets, like, 20 bucks? I would assume it's prorated. Otherwise, like, if I'm Chris Johnson, I'm like, hey, guys, we don't need anybody <laughs> this year. you like... We don't yeah. need anyone. Like, let's just make sure we walk in with our 13 guys. You tell the media that, like, Ty Lawson <laughs> is, is a troublemaker. Right, and- he's like, hey, man, I heard that he's going to come here and just... Really try to clean. He's going to stab Gordon Hayward. Right. You, don't, you don't want him here. He's going to go. He's going to like Delavadova dive into Dante Exum's ankle. Or something <laughs> yeah, like that, that that happened in practice. It's funny. <laughs> this is this is random, but one Jack Cooley was kind of like that in practice. I don't know if yeah. you you know who Jack Cooley. I always is. got him confused with Luke Herringody. <laughs> sure, yeah, they looked the okay. exact same to me. 
That was that was one of the things that jazz players joked about Jack Cooley is that he was trying to get on the roster by injuring the other jazz players by just playing strategy. recklessly during training camp, yeah. right? And you know that's kind of his mo as a player anyway. But might as well make yourself a roster spot while you're at it. Sure, if you like if you like a girl and she has a boyfriend, you got to get rid of the boyfriend. Right, so you got to start like poisoning <laughs> the well and just say, I don't know, I think that guy cheats on you. So that's kind of the player equivalent. Uh, circling the drain at CTD blog says Brandon Jennings is an awful defender. Y'all got it wrong on the radio. Uh, no, he's good at navigating screens. Like you're not going to throw him out there and say, Hey, cover Steph Curry one-on-one, but he's still, he's actually quite good at getting around screens. He was very good in Milwaukee doing that. He's been good enough, uh, for Stan Van Gundy doing that. It's not that he's going to shut anyone down. It's that he can play a pick and roll. Yeah. That's my question is, you know, how has he since the, the Achilles tear? Yeah. I mean, probably not great. Probably not what he was. The quickness isn't quite there, but I think you you hope he works back to that in the next couple of months. Yeah, I think he's he's probably yeah not great, but still better than still better than what, the Jazz's current options. Right, exactly. I think it's fair to say. Anyway, we got to take a break. On the other side, more trade talk and uh, maybe a little bit about this Randy Rigby news that came over the over the wires today. That's next on the Salt City Hoop Show, ESPN seven hundred. Analytics and opinions on the Jazz and the rest of the NBA. This is Salt City Hoops on ESPN seven hundred. All right, welcome back into the Salt City Eve Show. Andy Larson, Zach Harper with you. Uh, talking more trades this segment. Plus, <clears throat> actually, let's talk about the Randy Rigby thing re- real quick first. Um, Randy Rigby announced today that he's going to be, and the Utah Jazz announced today that he'll be stepping down as team president at the end of the year. Uh, Randy Rigby has been with the Jazz for over 30 seasons, or maybe exactly 30 seasons. Let's, let's not lie, but regardless, it's a long time. He's been team president for nine years. Um, everyone I talk to thinks that he's like the nicest person on earth and it's really proud of kind of what he's been able to accomplish for the jazz off the court. Uh, Quinn Snyder specifically mentioned how he worked in order to get the jazz, the Idaho stampede D league franchise and then complete that purchase. Um, he was maybe the driving pusher behind the jazz, uh, getting the Utah jazz summer league back this year, not the continuation of the Rocky mountain review in years past. And um, set up the jazz TV broadcast, set up uh, local sports radio in, in a lot of ways. Um, so, you know, he did good things, I think is, is fair to say. I, I know you haven't been here long. But. Yeah, I, 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 from what I saw from a couple of people who I know, uh, they were, um, I don't know if surprised or shocked or whatever, just like, oh, man, going to miss him. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's yeah. been around for a while. It's, 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 seems, like, seems like a good dude. I've never met him, but yeah. I've heard good things. Uh, Steve Starks, who's president of Larry H. Miller Sports and Entertainment, will also be taking over this role as president of the Utah Jazz. Kind of across everything now, yeah. Yeah, he's now just the king of everything. Um, total control and ruler of <laughs> all things sports. He's like Jazz like, Emperor. And like Bees Emperor, too. Like, okay. Like, he owns uh, the, I don't know, there are like 10 different things. The the theaters, owning okay. is strong, but well, can, uh, runs those things. There's like a... There's like a Tuesday matinee at the Megaplex downtown. He is in charge. Okay. He will be showing like the a movie. $5 mega, like $5 for whatever movie you want to see, like Tuesday yeah. matinees, which I was delighted to see. Can I get that every day? I think honestly, if you asked if like, you asked Steve Starks, I bet he would say yes. Or just we like can a, DM him right now. Just like I, we a, can text him right now. Just like a free icy every time I go in. I um, we can text him right now and okay. ask, hey, at Steve Starks, right? Will you give Zach Harper a free icy every time he comes in? And I don't even, I don't need the large one. I'm not greedy. I just <laughs> a nice small cherry icy every fine. time. He's just like ready for me as I walk in. 
That might be hard. That's probably asking a lot. <laughs> that's uh, that's a little weird. We may be able to get like a free icy for life coupon right. printed for you. Okay. But in terms of like, Ooh, like someone waiting there, like a laminated card. We'll talk about getting it laminated. Okay. Don't you're, I can you're pushing it. I can laminate my. Look, I'm negotiating. I'm a negotiator. <laughs> I'm a salesman. This is what I do. But yes, Rigby can give you that. He could. He can. He's in charge of the tour of Utah thing. Okay, I've never uh, done the tour. You know, K Jazz, the the Idaho Stampede, the fan sports stores. I mean, it's all. Okay. He's he's in charge of everything. So maybe a now. beanie as well. Yeah. I'll buy my own beanie. Could, I can buy you a could beanie. Get beanie. It's like ten bucks, right? I'll buy a beanie. But you, so you'll pay for the beanie, but not the ices. Well, no, because I'm going to get a lot of ices. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're, you're gonna. I'm not asking for a beanie worth. every time I walk in the door. Like <laughs> gotcha. that would be weird. <laughs> you just have a need. I mean, you're from Miami. Presumably, you just need to layer the beanies. Right. Yeah. I just need to like really build up a protection. That. that I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, Starks is a good guy. I've I've sh- shadowed him a little bit a couple of weeks ago with when middle schoolers also shadowed him. Um, for this charity thing they did, and, and he he's awesome, does a great job there. Uh, has really been representing the Jazz uh, in a lot of their NBA meetings recently. Um, I did a full profile on him for KSL.com and Salt City Hoops over the summer when he was first uh, named as president. I guess he was named as president in March, so and that interview happened in May, I believe. So uh, you can do a search for Randy Rigby, or sorry, uh, for Steve Starks on KSL and Salt City Hoops, and, and you'll find... That sort of info. Uh, some other tweets that we've gotten in the break. At Lucas W. Falk, actually a writer for Salt City Hoops. What trade sweetener would Houston have to throw in for Utah to take back Ty Lawson? I don't know. Um, Sam Decker? Sam Decker's one. We, we kind of talked about maybe a first-round pick. Uh, the problem sure. is they've already traded their first-round pick for this year right. to the Nuggets actually for Ty Lawson. I mean, if you're so. getting a first-round pick, you're probably expecting one that's heavily protected that ends up as two seconds, right? Right. And and so, yeah, we're, we're talking about basically kind of like the Oklahoma City first-round right. pick that they got for Ennis Cantor or something like that. Right. And, and I think that's probably best case. Uh, you can make a real case that, you know, Ty Lawson is worth enough of the experiment that you don't necessarily need anything sure, back there. Sure, absolutely. Uh, I do think though that it's worth exploring, like especially if, if right. you end up doing a, you know, Booker and and Burke as the as the deal. I think you need more than Ty Lawson back. Agreed. Yeah, yeah I, I think you need some sort of sweetener, some just value wise, right. in order to get you to do that deal um, and to kind of compensate for the long term benefits that you're losing, I guess, in Trey Burke's. Uh, RFA rights coming right. up in, in 2017. I, I think it's easy to kind of look at it and be like, oh, well, they don't use Sam Decker anyway. Well, like, well he's, a, he's a rookie. They probably have plans for him. But I think that they're usually so deep on the wings that you can you can probably finagle that a little bit. Yeah. I, I, how many minutes has he played? Have you I, – I don't really have any idea of this. You know what? I've got this, I've got this right here. The, um, the internet? I've got the internet right here. He has played – a grand total of six minutes. <laughs> okay. He has not taken a shot. He has one rebound. He has one steal. So not quite the trillion. Not the quite six trillion. the trillion. But good news, uh, his per 36 minutes, six steals. Wow. So active. So that's pretty pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty. That's not bad. What's, what's his plus minus in his six minutes? Is, um, <laughs> I'm asking a lot of questions. Yeah. I don't have minus pl- nine per 100 possessions. Ooh. So... His his that means what he was outscored by one point in his his offensive box plus minus is minus five point three, but his defense is plus five point seven. 
So he's a positive. At CTD underscore blog says Sam Decker had back surgery. We know. We're just joking. We're just, right. we still, I mean, regardless of whether or not he had back surgery, he would still be a con- possible right. person to, for the Jazz to acquire as, as a possible sweetener. Montrose Harrell? Yeah. He's a little more u- used by the Rockets. Even someone like Monte Yunus would be, I mean, he's used he's, a lot, but he's a restricted he's, free agent. They're probably not going to be able to keep him if they have all these plans. To, you know, if they do, if they do want to keep Dwight Howard, I guess it depends on if they trade yeah. Dwight Howard. And I think actually, kind of a lot of this does too. If probably if, the majority of it, yeah. Right. Anyway, uh, we got to take a break. on On the other side, we're going to be talking about the trade rumors around the NBA. So many names in this year's trade deadline. Uh, I mean, like you said, Dwight Howard, Al Horford's in these negotiations. We'll talk about all those names and more next on the Salt City Hoop Show, ESPN seven hundred. to Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. All right, welcome back into the Salt City Hoops show, ESPN 700. Andy Larson, Zach Harper with you. I uh, asked on Twitter if you guys had any more questions, and it turns out that you have many more questions. Yeah. So before we get into some of the around the NBA rumors, let's just let's let's talk about them. Let's let's answer what you you have. Uh, first of all, at Chad Utes 24, anything in the pipeline other than the potential loss and trade? I asked my sources this, like I said, half hour, 45 minutes before today's show when I talked to them, and they said, I won't tell you neener, neener, neener. So, so I don't know. Yes? Um, I, you know, basically, I, I think kind of the scenarios we've been talking about for a couple of weeks now are still in play. Trey Burke, uh, Trevor Booker is still an unrestricted free agent that will, you know, kind of long-term make sense to trade for something of value, uh, but would probably hurt the team short-term if you did move him. So that's kind of an interesting idea. Um, the Jazz have $7 million-ish in cap space that they can attra- they can send contracts into. So do the Portland Trailblazers and Philadelphia 76ers. So there is, uh, you know, some competition there, and you're probably not going to get that much in a deal. But if you could, you know, do something for a second-round pick or something, I think the Jazz right. probably would. Uh, and that's that's pretty much it. I think those are the the three kind of situations that you the Jazz could make a trade in. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people look at it as, hey, there's a there's a playoff push here. You have to make a move, right? Um, I just you know I mentioned this earlier, but I I look at this team as like this is a playoff team. Like because of the Marcus yeah. Sol injury, this is the fifth best team in the West to me. Yeah, I mean, I, I they don't have think, the fifth best point differential. Right, I don't think that's a stretch. I and they've struggled this season because of injuries, and we were you know kind of hand wringing over stuff for a while this season. But really, it was simply like they just didn't have healthy bodies. And now that they have healthy bodies, and they should get Alec Burks back relatively soon, right? Yeah. Um, you know, you have pretty much a full complement of players, and you and those that full complement's like really good. Yeah. So I don't think you I don't think you need to make a move. I think you can make a move with like moving Trey Burke or moving Trevor Booker to kind of help you know, facilitate an asset while still keeping your core together. But I just don't, I don't find anything necessary that they have to do just because they're in the eight seed right now. Like they should probably be the sixth seed pretty soon. Yeah, no, I, I, I kind of agree with that. And you, you look at the standings of the Western Conference, and I think that's reasonable. The Jazz do have a pretty tough schedule for the next 30 games, whatever it's worth. I mean, right, yeah. they do have more away games than home games. Uh, in the month of March, I think they have four home games before, like, the last day. I think there's a, another home game. But uh, basically four home games in four weeks there during that stretch. 
and then uh, some against some good teams. You you play Golden State multiple times. You play uh, San Antonio. You play Char- or not Charlotte, Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, Charlotte, you can probably beat. Uh, it's probably I think uh, and you've already played Charlotte. Charlotte. Yeah. yeah. So regardless of Charlotte, uh, you still have some difficult opponents on on the the I guess on the schedule for the rest of the year, and. Uh, I I don't see them moving up to five, maybe just because of how difficult that Five's schedule is. Probably a stretch, but I don't know. Like, maybe I have a hard time thinking this Memphis team can keep it together without Gasol. Right, and I mean, and they just traded Courtney Lee, and that doesn't help. Right, they just yeah, exactly. Like that's that's not going to help at all. I mean, maybe you think like, hey, this Portland team's not going away. Maybe they go up and get five. Right. Um, Dallas is still pretty. Dallas good. good. Yeah, Dallas is still pretty good, but they're they're also confused. I mean. They play Raymond Felton a lot. Like I, I just can't wrap my head around 2016. You're playing Raymond Felton a lot, and you're good. Yeah, I, it almost reminds me of them playing Jason Kidd so much in that title run. Right. Like I, I think Jason Kidd was a better player then than Raymond Felton is now. But even yeah. then, like he was a 39 year old slow veteran that no one had been able to get use out of for you know a couple of years. Right. I mean, Raymond Felton has the conditioning of a 39 year old non athlete. <laughs> right. It's actually not a bad comp. No, yeah, not at all. Anyway, so that's the, uh, anything in the pipeline. Yes, there definitely is. You know, like I, I, I talk to those people and they say, you know, we won't tell you, which I think is a yes, but we're not going to tell you those things. That doesn't mean that doesn't help you guys at all. So I'm sorry, Chad. I'm, I'm letting you down. But we'll know more this time tomorrow. So we tweet us tomorrow. Yeah, we will let you know o'clock. if the Jazz will you know. make a trade right. five hours ago. Uh, Jared Schultz at six man Jared. Instead of going after a point guard, what if the Jazz added a three and D guy like Cephalosha or Shumpert and just used Hayward or Hood at point guard? Um, that's kind of what they've been trying to do, right? With these three wing lineups, with right. especially when Alec Burks is healthy, they've played a lot of minutes of Alec Burks, Gordon Hayward, and Ronnie Hood out on the floor at the same time, which makes a lot of sense. Alec Burks isn't really a three and D guy. I think he's neither. Right, he's but more just like an attacker. He's a slasher, cutter, yeah. go to the rim, get fouled kind of guy. Uh, so you're right. That would give kind of them a, a new. That would give them a new element that they don't have. Uh, Joe Ingles is a three guy, but probably not a D guy. Right. Chris Johnson is a D guy, but not a three guy. You know, you don't have anyone who can do both. You mentioned Cephalosha or Shumpert. I think you know those guys are available. I just don't know that the Jazz are going to be giving up assets to get those guys unless they're interested in Trey Burke. I think you're going to have to give a lot in terms of assets to get Shumpert okay. from this Cavs team, just because they're. They're gearing for a title run, whether, right. whether we think they can beat the Warriors or not. They think that they have a chance. They might as well try. Right, exactly. So I, I don't think they're giving up Shumpert. Cephalosha is an interesting idea. Uh, I think he's still kind of working back from that broken leg. Like yeah. His conditioning's still been a little slow. But and as we talked about, point guard is not the worry for Atlanta. Right, not at all. They have three. Right. Um, so, But they, they don't have a lot of wing depth unless you think Mike Scott should be on the floor, which I don't. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so I don't know I, what his legal issue is either. Like he's he had a weird thing this offseason. Three and D guys are way rarer in this league than people think. You know, like right. you could go out. I think Bellinelli would be available, but he's a three and not a D guy. Definitely um, not a D guy. I mean, I think you look at Caspi. Maybe I don't think they'd give him up. I don't think so either. They really like Omri Caspi, and Cousins loves Omri Caspi. So if you're trying to keep him yeah. placated. You're keeping Caspi. Uh, he's his hair protector, right? The guy who he, picks he, Nick's he, he, he protects his headband. He makes sure the, the head, headband, the headband's right. on straight. Yeah. Uh, what else? I, I mean, uh, if you want to know how rare three and D guys are, like Kent Bazemore, not so much of a three guy. He's gonna get like twelve, thirteen million dollars a yeah, year. Yeah, I mean, this coming summer. Look at what Demario Carroll got. Right. The, Danny Green got the max. Chris Middleton. Right. 
So like, those are the guys that are going to get paid next. And honestly, that's where you can maybe develop a guy too. You know, if if you can teach Absolutely. Chris Johnson a jump shot, then he becomes hugely valuable. Pablo Cephalosha's jumper was broken when he came into the league. And yeah, and now, he's a pretty solid three point, like at least corner shooter now. Uh, another question from that six man, Jared. Darren Collison is very available and seems like the a perfect short term solution for the Jazz. Am I alone on this? You're not. This is definitely something that's been mentioned. Right, we've talked about it. Um, I don't. I haven't heard it from the Jazz at all. I'll be honest. I and to me that's a little bit weird. I don't know if sure. if the Kings are asking too much for Collison. Sometimes that could be the case. I don't know if they just don't like Collison because he is a small point guard. Uh. I don't know what's going on there. Uh, there was something where I believe Alex Kennedy uh, either wrote or tweeted something about how Darren Collison was asking out and asking out of Sacramento, and okay. Darren Collison tweeted a, a snapshot of that uh, that text and said something like, "You need to work on your sources," or "Or this is, none of this is true," or something along those lines. A John Hollinger esque. A John Hollinger esque. Like, uh, just yeah, kind of dismissing the idea. So I don't know how available he is or how willing he is to be traded, but I can't imagine. I don't th- like. I don't know that Trey Burke gets it done, but I think that Collison is movable for sure. We have another question from at Denny Brad K, who's at his limit for questions and gets no more. I'm kidding. You can ask as many questions as you want. Right. Uh, <laughs> if Jazz are really developing for the future, don't they have to move Booker to give Lyles more timing to get something for Book? I don't think you have to, but I mean, it makes a lot of sense, right? Like, it's not a bad idea. You, Lyles has not been getting a lot of playing time since everybody's been no, back. No, like maybe 18, 19 minutes? At best. At I mean, most, I think he yeah. played like three in his last game. Uh, so ultimately, yeah, that's that's a bad thing. And if you're really developing, then it makes sense to trade those guys so Lyles can get more time. Uh, yeah, three minutes and 29 seconds against the Pelicans, 14 against Dallas, five against Phoenix, 12 Yikes. against Milwaukee, nine against Denver. You know, it's Yikes. it's not very many at all. Right. I think, you know, from that perspective, it does make sense, and I think that's why we've talked about Trevor Booker as much as we have. I think one of the tricky things with that, though, is your other backup bigs are Jeff Withy, T-Bar Plus. I like Jeff Withy. I do, too, but neither of them are power forwards. No, but so you play Trey Lyles at power forward. Right, but if I mean, I'm saying like, all right, if Derek Favors has oh. a back injury, like I think that there's a depth issue yeah. with that. Yeah, no, that's very true. Yeah, yeah. If if someone goes, if someone gets hurt, you're you're in trouble. Right, and like Although, maybe that's not all, the only reason you don't make that or reason you make that move, but I do think that's something that they would have to factor in. I think that's true of. I mean, maybe Joe the Jazz could, in general, though. You yeah, know, like if maybe anyone, Joe could play it a little. Yeah, that'd be he's, fun. He's yeah. a he's a big guy. Yeah, no, I, I you know small ball four, I think that works. Yeah. Anyway. All right, let's actually talk about the go around the NBA. I mean, we played the around the NBA song as we came in, the NBA on ESPN theme song. So we have to talk about the NBA in general. Two actual trades so far, uh, both yesterday within like a half hour period, and then we've got nothing since. Right. I'm peeved. Uh, let's talk about the let's talk about the Charlotte one first. So the Charlotte Hornets got uh, Courtney Lee from the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies got PJ Hairston, Chris Anderson, and four second round picks. Yeah. And uh, Brian Roberts got sent to the Miami Heat. Correct. Your thoughts? I mean, we kind of talked about it that Memphis getting rid of Courtney Lee for second-round picks is probably a sign that they're they're really hurt by this Marcus Gasol injury and are kind of looking long-term for their for their assets. Yeah, the absolutely. Future. And I believe they don't have their pick next year. Okay. Uh, it's either this year or next year. So ha- ending up with four second-round picks that you can move is very valuable because you can say like, all right. Here's four second round picks, or here's three second round picks. We'd like the twenty seventh pick, 
or we'd th- like the 28th pick or something along those lines, right? Like you can kind of buy your way back into the first round with that in the in the draft that you lose your pick. Um, but out, outside of that, like P.J. Harrison's not a guy for them. Like they still have a lot of wings. They have Tony Allen, they have Matt Barnes, they have Vince Carter. You can play Jeff Green at the three a little bit. Um, technically they have Jordan Adams, although I don't know if he's healthy. Uh, Harrison is a shooter who can't shoot. Like he's like thirty percent for his career from three point range in his two years, and he he got some decent like he's like nineteen minutes a game this year, starting forty three games for Charlotte. So it's like it's not like he didn't get chances, um, but yeah, I think for them it's just kind of a we wanted to get some second round picks to have some currency later in the, in later drafts. Yeah, and I, I think that makes a lot of sense for them. Uh, I think it's fascinating that Miami no longer has any picks to trade. Period. That Goran Dragic thing, like in the in the LeBron 20, one, they traded their 2016, 18, and 2020 first round picks, uh, and then the second round picks they traded. Let's see, their 2016, 17, and 19 and 20 second round picks. Like Pat Riley does not believe in the draft. No, and which is incredible given that they got Justice Winslow this year. Right. But uh, <laughs> like you would think that that would have convinced him. But it also means that if they did, for example, want to dump Brian Roberts on the Jazz, uh, they may not have a whole lot of picks to offer them as compensation. Right, exactly. Or any team, you know, if they send them to Philadelphia or Portland. Still kind of the same thing. I like the move for Charlotte getting Courtney Lee, especially with the MKG injury. Yeah, I think. It's a great pickup. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, Playoff team in the East? I think so, yeah. Okay. I think they're on the border. Um, I actually think Chicago might fall out. Really? They're like seventh right now. Jimmy Butler's out for four weeks or whatever it is. That's a good um, point. They're not very good. Yeah, certainly not right now. Uh, the other trade was Orlando trading Tobias Harris to Detroit in exchange for Brandon Jennings and Arsan Ilyasova. Uh, I once wrote an article about Arsan Ilyasova comparing it to the Sweet sweet Disposition, the song by the Temper Trap, where they just sure. shout, <laughs> "Okay, don't stop Ilyasova. That's, yeah. that's the lyric of the song. You wrote a whole, a whole article about that. I will link that. it to you right now. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> that's I am, impressive. I am a weird dude. Um, regardless of Don't Stop Ilyasova, uh, who is now in an Orlando Magic uniform, what do you make of this deal? I mean, it feels like Orlando got, or sorry, Detroit got Tobias Harris for nothing. It does feel like that, except I will say this. Um, the the Magic are 15-13 and 13 this year when they shoot 35% or, or better from three-point range, which makes them, I think, like 8-16 and 16 when they're under 35% from three-point range. Like, three-point shooting is very important to them. So they did just get technically two shooters, but at least one shooter if Brandon Jennings can't regain his form. Um, for a guy who is very talented, is is a good 3-4 combination guy, but isn't a shooter. Like, just flat out not a shooter. He's had one good shooting year from outside. That was his contract year last season. So, okay. like, Tobias Harris, I don't think it's – like, I don't think he's a guy where you don't pay him the $16 million a year. You don't want him. But if he's not hitting threes for you, why are you appropriating that money that way? Whereas in you know Scott Skiles' offense isn't all that great for developing that kind of that kind of a player anyway, so the Pistons get to unload some some expirings, the the Magic get to clear com- some cap space and kind of re reevaluate where they want to go with their young guys and their commitments, and then the Pistons get to see if they can develop that three point shot for Tobias Harris with Stan Van Gundy's offense, which is much more conducive to opening up shots for guys, and so I think I like the move for both teams just because. I'm not sold on this Orlando core being like a real thing of like, oh my God, this is an exciting young core. In a couple of years, they're going to be really good. Well, it's been a couple of years and they're still not any good. Yeah. So I think that if you're, if you're them, kind of figuring out how you want to spend your money the next four years makes sense. 
Yeah, it certainly gives them more flexibility. I like for Detroit, kind of, Zach Lowe made this point, but kind of the lesser flexibility almost kind of helps them when every team has cap space. Right, And yeah. they're not a free agent destination, right? So if you can see why all the big market teams and all the good teams want cap space this year and are excited to have it because yeah. they can acquire those good players. If you're in a team like Detroit's position where you're you're in an interesting uh, location, you're you're a winning team but not a contender it's going to be hard to get really the best free agents on the market, and Tobias Absolutely. Harris is probably the best you can do for sixteen million. Yeah, if you, I mean, if you go into the, this offseason, if you're Detroit and you have the expirings of Irsan Ilyasova and Brandon Jennings coming off your books, are you going to go get a, a player as good as Tobias Harris? Probably not, right? I, and so, I, but I also think that we always look at this cap space thing as as who are they going to sign? It uh, it opens up trade possibilities for you true. as well, which I think will be even more evident because so many teams will have cap space now. More, you think more teams will trade because more teams have cap space? I think, you think more, more trades will happen. I think I think it will open up the possibility of teams saying, "All right, we don't really want to pay this guy eight million dollars a year. This team can absorb the contract. Like, mm. let's go see what we can do." Okay. I I also think you'll get more three team deals out of it. Yeah, I, I I mean I think that kind of makes sense. I think you know, like right now there are only three teams who can really take on those right, contracts, exactly. right? The Jazz, Portland, and Philadelphia. Uh, but. That being so, yeah, you don't really need to match salaries if everybody has cap space. Right. On the other hand, you know, the incentive to get a deal done like that, you know, like a Brian Roberts for a second round pick sort of trade, yeah. those kind of trades don't happen because everybody can take on Brian Roberts and someone maybe could use him. For now, yeah, but I think pretty soon salaries are going to catch up with the cap space. Yeah, and no, then that's... and then the teams that kind of hang on to it will maybe be in a more advantageous position. I don't think that happens for another two years, though. As it, you know, as it goes up, it goes from seventy to ninety-two next season. Yeah, right? I mean, like, we'll have to see what kind of money gets thrown around to like average players. A ton of money will. Like, yeah. I, I, I think so much money will. But even then, still, teams, I think uh, you, you will end up with like ten or fifteen teams under the cap, right? Like, maybe. I mean, I, it depends. Like. Evan Turner will probably be the measuring stick for this, right? Like, if Evan Turner gets $16 million a year, which I, could, I actually don't think is that out of question. No, I don't think so either. Um, I think if he's getting that kind of money, a lot of agents will look at him and be like, yo, my guy can get $14, 15000000 million a year if Evan yeah. Turner's getting this. Uh, and then after that, the, the, the cap goes from $92 million to, what, $108, 109000000 million is, yeah, is the estimate? At, which at is, least. again, a $16 million jump oh, that you have to jump. have everyone... Finding cap space for sure. it. For the Jazz, it's not a problem because, you know, you have to re-sign Gordon Hayward, Derek Favors, uh, Rudy Gobert. Right. But still, I mean, geez. But those are all percentages, too, of the right. cap. Yeah. Right. Well, that's so that's the thing is you're signing him to a $30 million contract. Or you're signing Hayward to a $30 million contract, say. Uh, Gobert to a $25 million contract. Right. And then that kind of takes care of your problems yeah, exactly. in terms of needing <laughs> to spend money. Right. But anyway. Uh Okay, let's get into some of these trade rumors uh, real quick. So, first of all, Al Horford, uh, reportedly Celtics are emerging as a favorite here. Still, uh, apparently Atlanta's asking for steep, uh, a steep, steep price for Horford and also Teague, by the way, which is something we've heard kind of consistently through this process, both reported in the media and privately, I think, to both of us that Atlanta is is asking for a lot in return for a, these two guys. A lot. And, I mean, I think there is a growing sense around the league that, at least from stuff I've heard, is that, the Hawks have very little confidence right now that they're going to resign Al Horford. Yeah. So that's why this stuff's like really picking up steam. That can change in the blink of an eye. Like that can change really quickly. But as of right now, 
that's probably why this stuff is, is so prevalent. I think it's so easy to look at Portland and their LaMarcus Aldridge situation last yeah. year. And, and Portland thought that they were going to re-sign Aldridge, I think, until kind of the season ended or maybe a month or two before. Like, I, I think they were right, yeah. fairly optimistic about it at the trade deadline. It was kind of just assumed, like, yeah, he, of course he's going to resign. He's stayed here his whole life. Right. You know, he he talks well about Portland. He wants to be a Trailblazer legend. We but then, as the season team, right, like, but then as the season progressed and the West Matthews injury happened, all of a sudden things changed. Right, and so even in kind of the best of circumstances, the team regretted not getting something long term for their best player. Right, I, I think the Hawks are in kind of a, a similar situation. Definitely in a similar situation, and something where they're not a team. You know, maybe like we were talking about with Detroit, like they're not a team that can just go out and sign a guy. Right, you know, like they got lucky with Paul Millsap um, being as cheap as he was, and, and being from the area. Right, and, exactly. Yeah, and, and then we saw to go down there. And we saw as well, like when it came time for all right, we have to pay Paul Millsap and Demar Carroll. They couldn't make it work. Right, and so I think that they have, they have a very real um, ceiling in terms of what they can do financially. Brian Anderson has, has been interesting. Uh, the Cavaliers reportedly have strong interest. Apparently there were discussions with the Wizards who were allegedly considering giving up Otto Porter. And the Pistons may even be gil- willing to give up a first-round pick, um, even after trading for Tobias Harris. Uh, you know, I think there's some positional overlap there. Sure. But also, Ryan Anderson seems like the perfect fit in a Stan Van Gundy offense. He was, very, he was becoming very good in Stan Van Gundy's yeah. offense before <laughs> Van Gundy got fired. Um, mm-hmm. The funny, the funny thing is, like the thing keeping teams from really going after Ryan Anderson is like everyone just assumes he's going to get eighteen million dollars a year. Yeah, in, and, and in I think he will. He might, I think he'll get more than that. I think he's a twenty million dollar a year guy. Yeah, just because of the the asset that he has. So and so that's the thing is, do you a want to acquire that for? I, I think the Pistons want to make the playoffs badly, big time. Um, yeah. And so that's a big deal for this season. And then also, I think they'd be willing to pay that. I think you know Stan realizes what value. Uh, Ryan Anderson would have in his offense, having you know seen him before, yeah. and is is willing to give up eighteen to twenty million dollars for for Ryan Anderson, even even at his age and and everything else. And I think I actually think the Ennis Cantor thing is like maybe a little bit of precedent here, where Ennis Cantor agreed to a seventeen million dollar year deal to come off the bench. Yeah, um, I think you know I don't think Ryan Anderson has to start. No, I don't think so either. I think and again that com- that familiarity I think is worth a lot. Yeah, if. I, I I think you have to consider the Pistons as the leaders in terms of what they can give up. Certainly, I mean they you know if they're willing to give up a pick, that's that's a that's a high currency right. I I, I mean is a pick more valuable than Otto Porter? Because they have an interest in in making their team better, so Kevin Durant is more likely to come, right? But they well they're they're pretty. Or I guess you can't do both. That's right, a good you can't, point. You can't do or, or if you do, I think that I don't think Bradley Beal can come back. Okay, so my bad on that. Yeah. Never mind. Why are they doing this then? I think they just want to be involved. I think it's just something where it's like you just go talk to someone because you want someone to talk to you. Just oh, please. I think that's the Wizards at this point. Like they haven't had the situation. Calling ex girlfriends. Yeah, they haven't had the season. Like they're just. Te- it's a lot of texts of like you up right now. <laughs> you know, like I think that's where the Wizards are right now. They just want to feel involved. Yeah. I mean, that's fine. Uh, Pau Gasol, apparently the Bulls are open to trading him. I mean, he's 35. Like we talked about, the Bulls are are struggling this season. Yeah. He could really help a team. He's still pretty good. He's an all star. <laughs> yeah, you know. I mean, he was an injury replacement all star. Yeah, but I mean, all right. In so the he's East, thirteenth best guy in the East this year. Okay. Like, that's not terrible. Yeah. No, I mean, he's a he's a big guy. He can. He's actually. I think he's protecting the rim well this year. Um, he can score. He can pass. He can rebound. Like, I, you know, he's a. You could do a lot worse than him for a rental. Right. Uh, Greg Monroe. Apparently, the Pellies and and the Pelicans. I always say Pellies, but. 
because it's a, such a cute nickname. I, I like it. Yeah. You don't like it? I don't like Pellies. Oh. Well. Did I just get fired? Can, can we be friends? <laughs> I don't know. No, I think I like it. It's yeah. it's like a old timey. It's it's fun. Anyway, okay. uh, apparently the Pellies and the Bucks have talked about a trade uh, involving Greg Monroe. Would you say Buckies? No, I said regular Bucks. Yeah, but with, Bucks is their name. All right. Um. Bucks is already one syllable. Pelicans is three syllables. What, why not just Pels? That's fine. Okay. Pellies. I feel like we're getting away from the topic here. <laughs> fine. Um, yeah, okay. Let's talk about it. Yeah, if the Bucks can get out of the Greg Monroe thing, I don't think he's I don't think he's a good fit. No, I don't think so either. And if they can if they can acquire him for free or or do really we'll call it the Tobias Harris yeah. and get rid of the contract you just signed, I think it makes sense. I, I mean, I don't like would it be so uh, would it be so bad for the for the Bucks to say we want Omer Sheik? Like it's not a great contract, but can he give you 70% of what Zaza Pachulia was giving you last year? Yeah. I mean, that's not, you know, that's not a sexy deal, but it maybe it. I think you need more in return. Absolutely. Like, I think. Yeah. That's, I think that's like just maybe one component of it to one, help with the contracts, and two, uh, it just kind of gives you your identity back. Yeah. Of like, we, like, this was a defensive team. Now this is like the fourth worst defensive team in the league. Right. Like, they, they kind of have to find that, that magic again. Agreed. Channing Fry is an interesting one. Uh, Clippers are close to acquire him, according to Adrian Wojnarowski. Uh, but the Cavs want to provide some sort of competition there in order to get Channing Fry as well. I think he would help both teams as a apparently, stretch five. Yeah, apparently they offered Anderson Verzhao, uh, which the Magic, I don't believe, are going to accept. Yeah, I, I, and I think that it's makes first, sense. Sam Amick said that, yeah. Okay, and Sam Amick is good. Sam Amick go bad. He's great. That's, that's how this works. Yeah. Uh, the, the last letter is important. Right. Never end with a vowel. <laughs> uh, Dwight Howard. And I, I left Dwight Howard after Channing Fry, and I'm not sure why. But uh, apparently the Hornets are interested in Dwight Howard. I didn't see that coming. Yeah, I, I, like, the, I like this aggressive Hornets team. Yeah. What's funny is like they're, they're, they want Dwight, but they've kind of said, like, we don't want to give up a lot of assets for him. It's like, who, right. who do you think you are? That's a Jordan ego thing coming through, I think. But... I mean, it's only a, who's going to give up a lot of assets for Dwight Howard. I mean, not a lot of assets, but like if if they were like, all right, well, we'd like Cody Zeller. You're like, slow down there, Hoss. Like, well, I don't think we're doing Cody <laughs> Zeller. Like, then maybe you're getting a little out of control. Yeah, okay, fair. I mean, if Boston's acquiring him, and he's and that's kind of the other team that's really been named in, in a Dwight Howard move because they've put together so many assets for so long to kind right. of make the star acquisition deal. Boston seems much more likely to re-sign him than Charlotte yeah. would, you would think, uh, you know, just in terms of city desirability and that sort of thing. It is Dwight in But it is Dwight that. Howard who's left L.A., right. and people thought that that was kind L.A. Of and thing. more money. Right. So yeah. we no longer believe in... But maybe Dwight is interesting because he's always been, like, one step too late on reacting to what people think about his career, right? Like, right. <laughs> people were like, hey, in L.A., you should you should stay, or, or with the Magic, you should stay and sign the contract for more money. People want... And so he signed that waiver that said he wouldn't use his, his player option, right? right. Uh, and then he, he realized that that still wouldn't make people like him and still pouted the rest of the year. And then... Left L.A. even though he could get the extra deal. Like It feels like he's always won. He wants to do what would have made the situation right last year, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, he's he's just late to his own party constantly. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's it's just a Dwight Howard characteristic. I don't know. Right, uh, just horrible judgment and horrible self-awareness. That's usually Dwight Howard. So we've got, uh, on the other side, We've got to take a break. On the rest, on the next segment, I'm going to say this correctly, we do actually finally have our Rockets blogger who's confirmed uh, 
Aaron Rothstein of the Dream Shake, the SB Nation Houston Rockets blog, is going to come on, talk to us about the Ty Lawson rumors. That's next on the Salt City Hoops Show, ESPN 700. Talking hoops and the association. This is Salt City Hoops on ESPN 700. All right, welcome back into the Salt City Hoops Show. We've got a couple of tweets from you guys. I'm going to hold on to them for a second while we talk to our guest from Houston, uh, the SB Nation blog for the Houston Rockets, the Dream Shake. We've got Ethan Rothstein joining us, talking about the trade rumors with Ty Lawson. We wanted to get someone with a Houston perspective on this show, and so we're, we're happy to have Ethan join us. Ethan, are you there? I'm here, guys. Cool. Well, well thanks so much for joining us. Um, I, I guess let me ask you what your first impression was when you saw kind of these, these Ty Lawson for Trey Burke rumors come across the, the wires today. I thought, Great. <laughs> so I that's mean, a good honestly, sign for the Jazz. I mean, well, the thing is, I still believe that Ty Lawson is a really good NBA player, but for whatever reason, just like everything else in Houston this season, it just hasn't worked. Um, and the fact that he's unguaranteed for next year and non-guaranteed, uh, and there's just no way that Houston's going to uh, guarantee that contract. Um, the fact that they could get someone for him uh, would just be a bonus. Um, and I think. Just any change of scenery for Ty would be good for him. Um, so, you know, uh, he's got his own personal demon. Um, but I think, you know, the trade, any, I think a Ty Lawson for Trey Burke swap, <clears throat> if it includes Tibor Pleiss, uh, which I think it probably has to, um, would be, I think, a win win for both teams because the Jazz needs some, a veteran in there and the Rockets just need someone who's not Ty Lawson. Is, is the Ty Lawson thing as bad from the outside looking in as it appears? Because is it just that he he doesn't fit with them? Is it a confidence thing? Is it just he's checked out? You know, what what do you think it is with him this year? It's, it's kind of tough to say because he doesn't play a whole lot right. anymore. When he does play, he looks very tentative. Um, you know, he, he doesn't have any confidence in his shot, which is not really a new thing. Uh, but he, you don't see him attacking off the dribble as much as he did when he was in Denver. Um, you don't see him creating that much for other. He has these spurts where he looks like the old Ty Lawson, um, and he's still fast, and he's still got the athleticism. But for the most part, he just looks timid. So it's it's kind of hard to say what exactly that is, if it's um, a chemistry issue, if it's something going on with him behind the scenes. Um, but for, for whatever reason, he's never found the confidence in Houston to seek out um, the things that have made him successful in the past. Um, and, you know, the Rockets have really needed that. James Harden in the offseason said he needed a second creator to take the pressure off him, and that's why they brought in Ty Lawson. And Lawson has done nothing if not increase the pressure on James Harden because, you know, any unit with him on it has been demonstrably worse uh, than any unit without him on it. Uh, you know, if you go the Rockets line of stats he's just he's bad all across the board how how bad has the defense been I mean uh, is there is there an adjective that you can give from like below average to just utterly woeful that describes where Ty Lawson's defense has been this year <laughs> I would say despondent is okay. a good adjective <laughs> sure. um it's kind of hard because you know defense is such a team statistic so it's been hard for me as a as a Rockets writer to parse out who the big issues have been outside of James Hart has been a big problem. Um, the whole team has been malfunctioning. There's been a lot of miscommunication. Um, traditional defenders like Trevor Reza and Dwight Howard, who, you know, the eye test 
it's been kind of inconclusive because there's been no cohesion and no communication. Um, and, you know, other even Patrick Beverly, who's been a terrific defender traditionally since he's been on the Rockets, um, has looked fine in stretches, but the team as a whole has looked so bad. Um, and last year, even Jason Terry in the playoffs did what seemed to be a passable job on Chris Paul. Um, and from there, uh, last year where the team defense was so strong to where it is now, it's really hard to point fingers at any one person on the Rockets because as a team, they've just failed so uh, dramatically um, collectively. Um, so it's hard to say Ty Lawson's been this bad and this person's been better. Everyone has been bad, and it's hard to it's really hard to pull the strings away and see what's um, see what's really going on. As I'm sure national writers, when they've you know when they've tried to find out what's going on, you watch the games, and it's just it's a team wide malaise, and it's really hard to say this person's responsible or that person's responsible. Everyone's responsible. Zach, you are one of those national writers he's talking about. Yeah, and I, I, I feel the malaise wafting over me at all times <laughs> when I'm watching them. I, it is something where I did this thing in late December where I watched every transition defense possession they had, good or bad. And it, so that was like two and a half hours at that point. And it was like, it was a depressing feeling. And it wasn't just like, I went in expecting, like, oh, here we go. These are a bunch of like vinable moments by James Hart. But it was it, like, it was Ariza. It was Dwight doing stupid stuff. It was, um, you know, it was Terrence Jones or it was someone else, like, just not getting back. And it was just the simplest stuff or there was no organization or they were giving up offensive rebounds. It it does really d- seem like there's just no leadership with the team. Yeah, I agree. And I read that piece, and it was among the most depressing things I've read <laughs> all year because it really just confirmed, you know, what Rockets fans have suspected, yeah. which is just that there's, there's nothing to draw on. It's been, you know... You know, in previous years, before, you know, before last year, the expectations were, were a lot lower. Um, and, you know, every, anything you can count on, the talent wasn't there, but you can count on the effort being there. And this team-wide effort hasn't been there, um, which is why Rockets fans, you know, we don't know what Dwight Howard could fetch. We don't know, you know, what Ty Lawson could actually fetch. But we're just ready for a change because this unit um, just doesn't like playing together. And it's really just unpleasant all around. Um, which is why I think a change of scenery for literally anyone would benefit everyone. Um, so that's why I think, you know, it, it's, it's tough because the collective has um, really weighed down everyone's trade value. But I feel like everyone is better than they're showing on the Rockets this year. It's just such a bad situation at this point um, that I feel like anyone who would get out, anyone who would go to a team um, with a better infrastructure would really improve just because they're not in Houston anymore. You mentioned the, and actually Jason Terry also mentioned the the Rockets' chemistry issues. Have there been any reported things about Ty Lawson being kind of responsible for that at all, or is it is it more of a, a team wide sort of thing? No, it's really weird because Ty Lawson's the only new guy um, this this season. You know, other than the rookies, and you know the rookies obviously are responsible for the chemistry. But you, you read people uh, reporting there, people parachuting in. Um, and no one has really even mentioned Ty Lawson here or there. He's kind of, when you talk about these, uh, when you read these stories that try to dissect the issues in the Rockets locker room, Ty Lawson is non-existent. He's a non-factor in these stories. Um, most of it's centered around James Harden and Dwight Howard, the issues that people have brought up in years past that neither of them are vocal leaders, neither of them are sure enough to um, take a team 
and really lift them to championship contender status, like, you know, say a Paul Pierce or a Dwayne Wade or, maybe, you know, these guys that you would traditionally think are the veteran leadership uh, championship personality guys. And James Harden and Dwight Howard have been really the focus of that attention, um, you know, for a good reason. But uh, Lawson has gone completely uh, under the radar in those stories to the point where it's it's really unclear what role he has in the locker room, if any. We don't know what relationship he has with any other Rockets. We don't know what is going on with him off the court. Um, you know, obviously, before he came to Houston, we knew a little too much about what was going on with him off the court. But, you know, it's just really unclear um, what has been going on with Ty Lawson and this team other than it's not working. Let me ask, Does uh, is it bad enough that you think the Rockets would give up some sort of sweetener in this sort of Trey Burke for, for Ty Lawson idea. You know, if if it let's say it were Trey Burke and Trevor Booker for Ty Lawson, would you know, it's is there anything else the Jazz could would get in that sort of deal? A a first round pick, a you know, Sam Decker, a a Montrez Harrell, I mean some sort of asset like that? Or am I am I crazy for thinking about it? Um You're not crazy for thinking about that because the Rockets don't really know what they have in Sam Decker. He's been recovering from back surgery basically all year. He had his first full contact practice today, actually. Um, Montrezl Harrell has, or however you pronounce his first name, um, <laughs> has been good in spurts. Um, he's got great energy, um, but it's clear that um, TV Bickerstaff doesn't trust him enough to play him because Terrence Jones has been so bad, and they'd just rather run out Trevor Reese at the four for long stretches than try Harrell. Um, so you're not crazy for thinking that. I, I don't know um, what the Jazz would think of that. I would be more inclined to believe that a, uh, a draft pick in the future would be going back rather than someone who's already on the Rockets roster. Um, just be, simply because the Rockets, I think, they like they like Decker and they like Carroll when they pick them up. Neither of those, um, neither of those picks were made with the idea that they're assets to move. Both of them were made because they feel like they fit within this system. So if the Rockets were to add a sweetener, I would be inclined to think it's a future pick hmm. rather than Decker or Harrell. All right. Is, yeah, go ahead. This has just been depressing. Just say something cool about Hakeem Olajuwon because uh, we got to <laughs> end on a better note than this. Uh, he's been my favorite player since I was uh, four years mm-hmm. old. Um, and he's. Uh, he, I, I wish that there were more stories this, this year about guys going in a train with Hakeem. Right. Um, and working on their post moves. Unfortunately, he's now a Houston Rockets employee, so I don't think we're going to get any of those. Uh, but I, I would say a cool story for Houston has just been um, the warm reception that Yao Ming has gotten with uh, his nomination for the Hall of Fame. It, it's really nice to see his recognition, uh, what an impactful figure he's been in uh, really NBA history. Uh, because as Rockets fans, you know, his time in Houston, you know, it, it ended in a bittersweet way. But he's really just universally beloved by anyone who's ever come in contact with him as one of the nicest, uh, most humble, and, uh, you know, really most colorful guys to ever grace the NBA. So it's just been nice seeing, you know, the Wojnarowski podcast with Yao and all the stories written about him. It's just been nice to read good, you know, good things about someone involved with the Rockets. So that, that's the cool thing for me. That's what I've been holding on to the past few weeks. 
All right. Well, thank you so much, Ethan, for joining us on the show. The Rockets do come and play the Jazz here in Salt Lake next Tuesday. So we'll see if the rosters look very different uh, come next Tuesday. And and I'm looking forward to some classic, important Jazz Rockets matchups, too, as as the season goes along and these teams are fighting for playoff position right now. Uh, you know, important, I guess, is the eye of the beholder, but certainly it'll have playoff implications. So it'll it should be it should be fun. Hopefully, it'll be uh, as uh, entertaining and it'll be as intense as classic Jazz Rockets matchups in the past has been. This Rockets team has not been uh, intense this year so far. If they so decide to try, we'll, we'll it'll be great if they it. try. <laughs> All right, yeah. thanks so much, Ethan. That's Ethan Rothstein of of the Dream Shake, the SB Nation, uh, Houston Rockets blog. We're going to go ahead and take a break. Our final break of the show. On the other side, we, we're going to get to your tweets and questions about the trade market and. Uh, what the Jazz will do tomorrow. That's next on the Salt City Hoop Show on ESPN 700. You're listening to Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. This is just some good old tunes. Let's keep it rolling. The Jazz Brothers featuring Carl Malone and Thrill Bailey. That's Jazz Brothers playing. What's the name of the song again? Keep fighting. Thank you. Uh, anyway, the old school jazz came cool, together cool. and Very, made like, Peter Gabriel vibe <laughs> right now. Like I was expecting like some kind of sledgehammer reference or something. No, it's it's. it's I mean, just, it's, it's jazz. amazing. It's jazz by the Jazz Brothers, literal jazz players. Anyway, uh, Twitter questions. Uh, Brendan at BrenFarmer22 sends me the sportstalkatl.com, which is apparently a site that Atlantans go to for sports talk. <laughs> sure. Um, it has 14,000 followers. It seems legit. I don't know. Two most likely trades happen at the trade deadline, Teague to the Jazz or Horford to the Celtics. So that's kind of interesting that someone okay. in Atlanta sees the Jazz as the most likely option. I don't know how much to buy into it, but it's a thing. Um, at Ryan or Ryan Mortensen at our Mordecai says, "Just say no to Pellies as a nickname." Yo, uh, this this is our fan of the show. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> I like Pellies. <laughs> if I mean, if enough people say I, I can't use it anymore, maybe I can't use it anymore. What if it's like Pelly Pels? That's weird. Why are you saying like it's not Flava Flav? Well, it's like a Selly Cell kind of rap thing. I don't know. I I just Pellies is not good. Oh, fine. Uh, at Rizzo Kizzo, what are your thoughts on the Jazz going after Lou Williams? I don't get why. I don't think he really solves the issues that they need. Yeah, he can't. He can't play defense. I mean, like basically, why not Trey Burke at that point? I mean, I I don't know. Lou Williams is I think is a better scorer than Trey Burke. He's a better scorer. He um, relies a lot on getting to the free throw line, which isn't a terrible thing. But you, when you don't get calls, then you're just throwing up bad shots. Right, and so bad defensively, I think. Yeah, no, I mean, he's really... Like, not trying, kind of like Rondo-level pads defensively. I think he blew out his knee, and he was like, all right, I'm done with this defense thing. Right, which, you know, Jamal Crawford did a long time ago, but... And it's and it's worked. Rondo did. Right. Rondo (laughs) did it. And some players have realized that you can just get away with that at this point, and it's it's okay. Uh, 
I guess last point for the show is there. I mean, is there anything that we're missing? What What do we think is going to happen tomorrow on, on at the deadline? I still don't think a lot of activity is going to happen league wide. League wide, I I think it's going to be a slow day, um, but just mostly because I think I don't think there's an incentive to give up assets right now because mm-hmm. of the salary cap jump. So I just I think that really curbs. I, it only takes, uh, I guess the best analogy, like it only takes one dinosaur to break free in Jurassic Park to cause chaos, right? So like it only takes one trade to happen to like send this domino effect of chaos throughout the league and and get a bunch of trades going, but. I just don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, and I wonder if also the amount of parity in the league this year with so many teams in the playoffs or in playoff position makes it so teams don't want to sell their players. Right, teams don't want to sell their players. Like there's, no, there's just no real incentive to get worse aside from the teams who did that going into the season, right? Or like Memphis already did it. Right, Memphis already did it. And they're, you know, they, like they're, their big problem is they lost their best player. And then they was like, well, we can't keep Conley and Courtney Lee, so you can <laughs> right. have Courtney Lee. What do you think about the Jazz's chances of making a, a deal tomorrow? A smaller deal, like I, I think pretty good. I think the, like I think there's a good chance they'll move Trey Burke, mm-hmm. regardless of whether they get Ty Lawson or not. But um, like I, I don't know for the whole Ty Lawson thing. I actually kind of hope they don't. Yeah, I just, I just don't. I don't think it's necessary. I, I think it's messing with a good thing. Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree. Like it's, it's. I don't think they'll do it you know i put like the odds of it at, at less than 25 percent right now i mean I, i'm making up these numbers by the way people I, are like where do like you get these numbers. numbers from i'm making them up as i go uh even quinn snyder made fun of my 65 percent by the way today okay good. Uh, so everyone is making fun of me for it but yeah I, I just don't think it's likely i do think a Trey burke trade is very likely at this point uh just because of what happened with pr today and and uh, how his family has acted and so on and so forth. Uh, but yeah, I don't think it's going to be for a major player. I don't think, I don't know if the Jazz will improve through their Trey Burke trade this year. He had a hashtag in an Instagram photo that said hashtag business not personal. Is that? Or, or business never personal, something like that. What does that even mean? I don't know. He was doing like a, uh, it said like road trip to the DMV, which I think is the Maryland, DC, yeah. Virginia area. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess like he was excited about going to play the Wizards or something. Uh, and then with that hashtag, so business never personal. Business never personal, something along those lines. Well, that's a motto we can all live by. Anyway, that's our show for today. Thank you guys for listening. Check us out on iTunes and Stitcher. Do a search for Salt City Hoops. Uh, we are we got to take a break. We're done with the show. See you guys later. ESPN seven hundred.